Hello, everybody. My name is Richard C. Wilson, founder of the Family Office Club, and I have with me here today Charles Schaefer from STC Energy. And welcome, Charles. Welcome. Thank you very much, Richard. Appreciate uh, being interviewed here. Sure. So solar energy has been a hot area during the pandemic, even before then. I know um, sometimes it's growing by over 50% a year. I also know that a lot of energy companies are making the front page of the Wall Street Journal, talking about how they're converting into you know, solar renewable energies. Obviously, this is a big trend in general, and there's been tax credits in place for a while. But when I talk to different investment advisors and investors about tax strategies, not a single person has brought up solar tax credits through the 60 plus interviews we've done. So that's why we have you here to talk about something that's different than what everyone else is talking about. Can you share just a little bit about what SDC does and just a little bit in a high level of uh, solar tax credits, just to kind of give people the ABCs of how they work? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much again. Uh, I'm glad to be part of this and, and uh, helping to share uh, something that's new and different. Uh, I wouldn't say new because we've been doing this for uh, 12 years. Uh, with private investors, uh, predominantly has been on the West Coast, you know, uh, Hawaii and California, but now we're doing projects uh, across the United States and, and investors from, you know, uh, literally every state uh, in the nation. It's, it is driven by tax, uh, the tax benefits predominantly. Uh, the tax credits have been around since the 1970s. Congress has, has promulgated them into and modified and extended them over the years. Uh, but the, the big driver was the 30% tax credit that was implemented a, a few years ago. It's now at a 26%. Uh, but the, uh, the solar projects are, are work very effectively in helping people manage uh, their taxes in a, in a low risk fashion. Okay. And is it possible for somebody to get a SBA loan to magnify the tax benefit? If they say we're going to put $100,000 into a project, um, have you seen people go out and say, well, I'll put $20,000 down, get an SBA loan, and now the tax benefits are greatly magnified? Or is there a reason why that's not possible or a good idea in this space? You, you, you Generally, you wouldn't do that uh, because there's, some, there's a dilutive effect uh, to the depreciation uh, when you use leverage. So uh, mm. by and large, I, I see most, most of the investors are using their available cash. And, and this available cash is not uh, discretionary monies that you would use to go invest in other asset classes. This is really, if you think about it, if you're going to have a $100,000 tax bill for a given year, just imagine you set that aside, put it into a bank account. So that that monies are now dedicated to be paid to taxes. So it's not discretionary dollars. It's dollars that, that are going to be paid in taxes. Ours, what our structure does, it, it'll, it'll ask you to pay say half of that into a solar project and you save half of, half of that. That's the, so you have 50% of your, your dollars are now still sitting in your bank account as opposed to paying that in taxes. Now you can go invest your 50,000 into or your savings into your other asset classes that make good returns uh, and, and save for deferred taxes and, and still net out a, a savings. Okay. Uh, I've learned to ask with these tax strategies, um, you know, who is this not for or what are the kind of catches to it? Like if you make over 400000 a year, do you get 0% tax credit? Does it phase out for some types of people based mm -hmm. on their earnings or? The tax credit does not have a limit 
uh, I would say the practical limit that I've seen over the years is, is generally the, the, the tax rate structure. So people that are in a 24% and higher federal bracket, uh, it's more attractive than, than under that. So if you're, if you're doing a wonderful job and paying uh, low tax rates, so this, this may not be the best uh, investment, but certainly people that are 24, 32, 35, 37%, uh, it, it resonates quite well because it, it's creating a lot of depreciation and the tax credit that's helping them write off uh, that very expensive uh, tax uh, tax brackets. Okay, and this would help someone at the federal level, but also their state taxation, the amount of income they're, they're taxed on yep. at the state level? Yep, okay. correct. So, so the driving, uh, the driving uh, tax benefits is uh, depreciation and the tax credit. So you have a bonus depreciation at the federal level and you have the tax credit at the federal level. At the state level, it's depending on what state you're in, whether you have uh, income tax or not, or whether it follows the federal bonus depreciation. But by and large, we expect, and most everybody that's in a taxable state, uh, that they would get a five-year depreciation. So it's it, solar falls under a, a the, the five-year modified accelerated cost recovery system. Okay. And so if I understand that correctly, so bonus depreciation, you're usually capturing that all in year one with um, this is a five-year depreciation schedule. So uh, you're going to get part of it each of those five years, obviously. And so the experience for the person who owes a hundred thousand in taxes is that between the bonus depreciation and that five-year schedule, are you saving you know, depending on the project, you know, $50,000 in year one gets to stay in your pocket, 50,000 goes into the solar project. And then what happens those other four years in a typical deal? So because these are what, what are designed as a prepay project that, that uh, has the customer making a lump sum payment up front for the, for the pre-purchase of 20 years of the solar energy, uh, that also gives that leveraged up uh, basis that that is attractive for most of the investors uh, so that that prepayment is then recognized over uh, the 20 year period so it's 120th every year so there's a bit of a deferred income tax that occurs over the years two two through six and then at the end of year six we do a coordinated termination and a fair market value buyout to the customer and that way the investor can exit after six years and is not holding this contract for 20 years okay so yeah, the experience the investor they'll have uh, business, you know, income loss from the bonus depreciation treatment in year one, and then their CPA until year six would need to be recording um, a deferred, a small bit of deferred taxation. So they'll be paying a little bit in taxes those other years. Right. Um, and does that add up to 75% when you're saving 50% as, as another 25%? Is that what adds up over those four to five years afterwards, typically? Yeah, the percentages are, are, are a little bit different, but, but essentially the higher the tax bracket, obviously the greater the benefits. So, so okay. some of those would be at the higher uh, rates that way. And, and the value in doing this is not only is deferring the tax, but you're freeing up that amount of savings in the first year so that you can go reinvest. And so uh, to include in the, the equation, the economic equation of, of a return, analysis is to is to determine what 
what do you do with those savings? So we, we talk about a sinking fund or an investment concept uh, like a sinking fund, which is nothing more than a, a common way to, to uh, save for a future expense. So if you envision that you you will be paying uh, income tax on that deferred uh, recognized income, uh, that you just create a sinking fund, you invest your savings into something that gives you, you know, 5, 10, 20% returns. If you're aggressive, you know, putting it in hard money notes or real estate, you can get some, you know, 10 to 20% returns or conservatively, we show at minimum a 3% return. So uh, in all of those cases, you're, you're coming out very much ahead, uh, even after paying the deferred uh, tax. Right. right. Got it. So as long as you put in something that's tracking inflation, it's going to take care of that, you know, uh, deferred tax is going to come up. Got it. Okay, yep. great. I just yep. want to make sure that I, I wasn't confused at all, because I know there's some people that uh, would for sure be confused if, if I am as well. Um, so that makes sense. So can you talk a little bit about how you work with nonprofits in the space? Because obviously nonprofits who don't pay taxes can't use the tax credit. So how have you been working with them? As, as it turned out, the majority of our customers are nonprofits. And so right. it, it was somewhat a, um, uh, an effect of, of their desire to uh, add solar onto their properties for uh, either you know, cost savings or mission, you know, led uh, reasons. But because, as you said, they don't pay taxes, they cannot avail themselves of the tax credit. So they oftentimes are looking for uh, parties to come in and help them uh, finance the projects. So our that's is our big intersection with nonprofits. Uh, we've refined that so that we pretty much do market to and cater to uh, religious and non-religious nonprofits and. We have them, and of course, with our, our prepay uh, contracting style, that's opened it up to pretty much across the United States. We've got projects in, in uh, many of the states that were not traditionally the solar states of, of years past. And the, the net benefit to them is they get a cost savings for, for prepaying. So their cost of energy now has dramatically uh, lowered. And it's going, it's, we've lowered their energy bill for 20 years. So it's uh, much more than just a simple donation to a nonprofit. You're, you're every investor that, that does a project, they're helping a nonprofit for 20 years. And so there's a, there's absolutely a, a philanthropic or a feel good benefit to doing solar beyond, beyond just the tax savings and the economic upside. Right. And there's no charitable gift deduction as a third part of this, but there is kind of a right. social good of, you know, make, social more renewable correct. energy out there. Okay. In, in addition to the climate change, in addition to, you know, uh, lowering their carbon footprint and not just for one time, it's, it lasts, you know, the, a long time, 20 years. Right. Right. Makes sense. Great. Um, what else did you want to cover for today? This may be a common misconception about solar tax credits or something that you often find needs to be cleared up when you meet with somebody in person and they might have a preconceived notions about how this works. The, the main thing is, is understanding, uh, I think the risk factors uh, and, and uh, that the tax credit and the depreciation can be applied to active income as opposed to the way the code is written. It's, uh, to, it's to be applied to passive incomes. Now, certainly people with large amounts of passive incomes, 
you know, can do solar projects without any, any uh, issue there. With people that have active income or non, you know, active income being salary, business income, uh, ordinary gains, uh, that type of income streams, they're defined as uh, non-passive income. So when they, when they do a project, or when we have an investor that is doing a project that we know has uh, non-passive income, we make sure that they're being placed in one project with one investor. And that way that investor is a sole owner, sole operator. We deliver them the project turnkey. So there's no more construction work. Everything is completed. There's no other party doing any other work activity. That probably is the biggest misconception by CPAs and, and some investors uh, going into this. So there is a way to help everybody um, irrespective of their, their income style to engage in a solar project and, and get the benefits. Right, great. Awesome, yeah, well, appreciate you spending the time with us uh, here today, Charles. I uh, enjoyed it. This is something I wanna do some more research on and follow up with you on. So um, thank you for your time and insights and advice on this. And just like with any of our other uh, tax experts we've interviewed in this series, if anybody would like to connect with Charles directly, just let me know and I will make the introduction and get you two talking in case you wanna learn more about it for your family office or for you personally as an investor. So thank you for your time. Great, thank, thank you very much, Richard.